Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long in the month of April, we are talking about how money matters or also money matters. Wow, it's one word, two different inflections. (laughs) And all my guests have been experts in helping us to understand how money matters to us and how to make better you know, use of it for ourselves. So my guest today is Mark Willis, and he is a man on a mission to help you and me think differently about money, economy, and our futures. So here's a little bit of his background that I think that many people can, uh, they'll have some sort of recognition to this. After graduating with six figures of student loan debt and discovering a way to turn his debt into real wealth as he watched everybody else lose all their retirement savings and home equity in 2008, goodness, he knew he needed to find a more predictable way to meet his financial objectives and now those of his clients. He's a certified financial planner and a two-time number one best-selling author. He's also the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, which is a financial firm in Chicago, Illinois. And over the years, he's helped hundreds of his clients take back control listen to that, take back control of their financial future. And I like to emphasize that because many people feel like it's out of control or out of their control, but help them to take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven tax efficient financial financial solutions. And he specializes in building custom tailored financial strategies that are unknown to the typical stock jockeys, attorneys, or other financial gurus, but that he knows will really bring you great benefits. He's also co-host of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast, where he shares some of his strategies for investing in real estate, paying for college without going broke, and creating an income in retirement that you won't outlive. And oh my goodness, we all want that. So Mark, thank you for joining us today. Michael, my pleasure. So glad to be on your show. So many great points in your in your bio, and I'm going to have you talk a little bit about it. But um, one of the things that really struck me when I was reading your bio is is the sense of how many people are graduating from college today with such significant debt, and how that impacts their financial future. Um, I know right now my husband and I are contributing to. 529 accounts for our two grandchildren, because, you know, the hope is, you know, things are tough enough, you know, for a young couple to, to make it, we want to be able to help maybe smooth that way. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that option or, you know, have maybe thought about it a little late. So I know it's very impactful. So I, I, congratulations. I can't wait to hear more of your story about how you turn that around, but tell us a little bit more about you, your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Sure. Yeah. Potential is such a great word. I love that you have that as your part of your title of that, of your podcast. I love it because it's the, it's the rocket ship on the launch pad. It Mm. is the ultimate in potential. However, however, the worst thing I have told my wife this for years, I say that the last thing I want on my tombstone is he had such potential, (laughs) right? 
Exactly. So um, the other thing I want on my tombstone is uh, he was getting better at this, but that's another podcast episode probably. <laughs> uh, so that's a great one though. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Always be growing, right? So yeah. potential is is un is is like unlaunched rockets on the mm. landing pad. And it certainly could get to the moon, but it has to be activated. It has mm-hmm. to be um, implemented. You know, there's there's nothing good about a lot of knowledge if we don't implement, uh, if we don't act. If you want to yeah. change your facts, you got to change your action, and you have to light that spark. You have to shock your potential. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, to to coin a phrase, or to not coin a phrase, as it were. So <laughs> where your money lives will either help or hinder that process. And mm-hmm. I would like to to suggest having been in the financial planning space now for almost a decade and having been a post-recession planner pre-2008 and then post-2008, I've now seen uh, the house of cards that can oftentimes tumble down when we least expect it. If our money is tied up in the traditional oh-so-average places, uh, it will unfortunately mislight the fuse and our Mm -hmm. rocket ship, for all of our efforts, won't leave the launch pad. So, you know, I would say that what I've noticed, especially in the 14 months of 2020, as I like to say, um, you know, 2020 <laughs> seems to be continuing on now in 2021. It um, just doesn't end. It doesn't end. It's like Groundhog Day. All <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. Um, so so I've really thought about this, and and where where our money lives will either help or hinder us. It will either be working for us or against us. It's like the environment where our money lives is either a headwind or Mm. a tailwind Mm -hmm. for that uh, rocket, if you will. Traditional oh-so-average places to keep your cash uh, are much like headwinds. Let me give you a concrete example. If your listeners uh, have 401ks, IRAs tied to paper assets uh, designed to go up and down with the market, then they cannot access that money for their business or their family. Uh, and it's riddled with fees. Um, and if we believe taxes are going to go up in the future, essentially we are underwriting the investment cost of the U.S. government or the state government to help them with their deficit problems. Meanwhile, our retirement suffers. Yeah. So that is the oh-so-average way to invest. Now, the not-your-average way to invest or grow your wealth is to do it in a way where your money is in an environment that you can control and where the outcome, where the outcome is determined before you even start. Now, what mm. rocket lifts off without knowing where it's going? You know, the moon, the Mars, wherever, wherever you want to go, right. you have to know your destination before you get started. And could, could anybody on this listening to this podcast tell me with absolute certainty how much your guaranteed minimum amount will be of your 401k when you retire? <laughs> nobody, not me, nobody. <laughs> My crystal ball hasn't shown yeah. up uh, in Amazon yet, right? No. So, oh, that would be great though. Oh man. <laughs> Mine would come, but the batteries wouldn't work. That's that's kind of the uh... <laughs> so in in essence to finally answer your question, Michael, and to get off my little soapbox, we help clients grow their wealth in ways that are safe, predictable, and where the de- outcome is determined before they even begin. And we specialize in a tool that helps them become their own banker, where they can take back control of the banking function in their life and actually pay themselves the interest that they would have been otherwise paying a line of credit on their business or their mortgage, or in my case, my student loans, I became Mm -hmm. my own source of financing, paid myself an interest 
rather than it going to Sally Mae and all of her cronies. So that's one of the things we specialize in. I love I love your analogy. First of all, I love the the statement "become your own banker," but I love the analogy of the rocket ship because you're absolutely right. People always ask me why I named my business and podcast and what will be my third book, "Shock Your Potential," and I always talk about you know we all have that potential. We all know we have potential, but mm-hmm. if you know if we don't actually you know if we don't have the initiative to take ourselves and somebody doesn't come along and zap us, you know, to, you know, make you stop and go, Hey, wait, I have to really capture this. It can sit on that launching pad forever mm-hmm. and just be, you know, disintegrating while it's sitting there and not ever reaching the heights that it could. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that um, as I'm talking to my guests this month, it's really fascinating to me uh, you know, several have kind of brought up this in from different vantage points about how our, how the falling into the trap or the mindset of traditional, I love how you say the oh so average way of doing things. It's always been taught to us. That's the, that's the way, that's the safe way. That's, you know, we talk about, our, are you ready? Are you, do you have this much risk factor? What's your risk tolerance? But, you know, and so people, you know, that people answer still within that boundaries of something that's only really one way. And Mm -hmm. when you think about you're exactly right, what, what we're funding that is not ourselves is terrifying. When you Mm -hmm. really start to think, I think I've had my eyes open more this last week than ever before about financial opportunity. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. I might myself included, you know, I grew up listening to certain radio hosts Mm-hmm. Um, who would encourage you uh, to put all your money into, uh, you know, IRAs, 401ks, et cetera, and mm-hmm. then hope and pray, you know, yeah. that, we, that we'll have an outcome that we can enjoy. Uh, the truth is, according to third-party research, if you're all in on stocks, if you're an equity fund investor, according to Dalbar, which is a third-party investment research firm, over the last 30 years, the real results of stock investors was, wait for it, Oh, no. 4%. Oh, ow. Technically, it was 3.88% over 30 years. And that's before taxes, Michael. So wow. if we take taxes into account, we're hardly keeping up with inflation. If that is the outcome of the experiment of becoming a nation of investors, I'd rather pursue other paths. And mm. one of the best things that you teach and that you're able to give your audience and that you know, we really specialize in is working with the uh, the folks that are ready to jump off that train, not to abandon it completely. If your employer gives you the free company match, go ahead and take that right, free money. Um, but, you know, again, where you put your money makes it act different. A hedge yeah. fund is different than a savings account or a 401k is different than a CD. So where are some places where you could keep your cash, where it helps your business or helps your family, and it doesn't fight against you? I had a, a client uh, recently, he He's a medical professional making a quarter million a year, you know, doing pretty well for himself. Mm-hmm. Very proud of his 12% a year in his mutual funds and his, you know, in his 401k. And yet he was spending a third of his income on mortgages, boats, mm-hmm. cars, credit cards. That's a third, 33% after tax money going to service the debt. He's mm-hmm. a slave a third of the day to these banks. So mm-hmm. I would say that the biggest the biggest change we can make with our potential to shock it, if you were, if, if you will, is to just become your own source of financing. 
If you can be your own banker, if you can take back control of the banking function in your life, then I don't care what your mutual funds did last year. Because mm -hmm. if, if, you're, if you're even half as in debt as this guy was, and he's the average, by the way, US Commerce Bureau says the average American spends about a third of their income on debt. So wow. if you're even just half that, then by gathering that source of money, gathering that tool of banking and bringing it back in-house, rather than outsourcing it to you know, the mega banks, credit cards, et cetera, then you have won the game just by default. You know, when you're paying yourself that interest rather than it going to a banker, then again, where you keep your money will impact the potential you have to make in your financial life, your family's life, your business, your mm -hmm. customer's life, and your legacy. Let me ask you a question just because as you were talking, this was popping up something in my head. So my um, son is about to turn 30. And um, so he and uh, his girlfriend are talking about, you know, buying their first home. And, uh, you know, they've, they've, he's finally getting that place. He's almost a, a journeyman, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, electrician. He's been an apprentice the last couple of years. So he's right on the verge of that, you know, first time to really, you know, be able to say, okay, my hard work is paying off. But what I think is really interesting is so many people who are not, um, buying vehicles now or buying homes now. And, you know, that's another thing that I was always taught growing up is that, you know, you wouldn't be financially secure, <clears throat> excuse me, secure and successful until you own a home. But if you buy a car, you know, you lose the value of it when you run it off the, you know, the thing. So, you know, always buy a used car. So I'm not, I don't necessarily need to know the car thing because I, I think I've got, you know, my gut on that. But, you know, what are you seeing with people and mortgages and home loans or, you know, because that's usually the biggest amount of debt that people have. And mm -hmm. if they don't do it right, they can be paying a lot on that over a long period of time. It's not the sale of the house. It's the amount you pay in the mortgage company. Yeah. You know, what, what do you see? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you're exactly right. We're living in a very low interest rate environment right now, lower than I've ever seen. Maybe any of us have ever seen in our yeah. lifetimes. So it, it's not about the rate. I would say it's not about the rate. It's about the volume. The volume of interest is what kills us. It's just like, mm -hmm. it's just like this vaccine. Heck, it's just like eating. You know, let's talk about the vaccine for a minute that we're all yeah. hopefully seeing roll out, hopefully in, in uh, the months to come. It's not the rate by which it goes into my arm that saves me. It's the, um, the correct volume that gets into me. It's same with mm -hmm. eating. I, you know, it's not how fast or slow I eat. It's the correct amount that will either, you know, balloon my waistline or not. So it's about the volume How do you know of interest. I'm on a diet right now. <laughs> well, it's it, I, I guess it's in the air because I am too. So who isn't, right? Um, so the uh, so the the key here is volume. So back to that gentleman I mentioned again, great guy, smart guy, obviously doing well in the markets. Twelve percent rate on his investments, thirty percent you know volume on his debt. So which one was working for him? Right. Even though he might've been doing fine in his 401k, it was the volume of interest out the back door that was killing him. So, and, and I just use him as one example. I too, I had a student loans in the $120,000 range when we graduated, my wife and I, but they were only two or 3% interest, but mm -hmm. the volume of payment was crushing. It was like a mortgage payment. We didn't ask yeah. for, I, I jokingly say I, I married two women in college, my, my beautiful wife and Sally Mae. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, <laughs> and she wasn't going away. <laughs> no. And she doesn't pick up the tab every once in a while. No, no, no. We're always forced. To, she was like a renter we didn't want. Yeah. So anyway, but, but, but what we, what we came to discover, and again, the, the key here is just sanity. You know, mm -hmm. we could have chased after uh, this shiny object or that shiny object. And yes, there's a place for investing. And I agree. And as a certified financial planner, you need a diversified portfolio of things that are in the speculative, the risky, the conservative and the safe uh, spaces of your portfolio. But what I notice in most conversations we have over Zoom or over the telephone, especially over uh, Zoom in the last 12 months, as the pandemic has rolled on, is that many people show me their account statements of their brokerage accounts or 401ks, IRAs, and they're in 12 different mutual funds or target date funds, uh, but they're all in the market. So that's like yeah. saying, hey, I've got my eggs in 12 baskets, but they're all on the same truck. <laughs> and if that truck goes over a cliff, what good did yep. that do us, right? We need some non-correlated assets is the $2 word there. We want mm -hmm. something that's not going to be balanced out or wrecked like what, I, like what we saw too often. I was working for a CPA when the last recession hit and she would be making calls to these folks, many of whom good savers, investors had, had followed the 401k experiment mm -hmm. uh, and, and many of whom she had to make the call and say, Mr. Oh. Client, I just lost you half your life savings. You can't retire oh. next year. That was a big wake up call for me and it almost got me out of the industry. Um, but uh, you know, there are better and more secure and frankly, more advantageous places for you to build and protect your wealth and to use mm -hmm. it for your business or your family, um, then I would say a 401k, as heretical as that might sound. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was shocked to, 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 uh, to learn that the 401k is just now turning 40 years old this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's so young, Michael, it's not even old enough to retire yet. It's younger than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a surprise. It was a surprise to me. In fact, I met a guy who who got the four hundred one k the first year it was made available in nineteen eighty one oh, to the general wow. public. He wasn't retired yet. Yeah, oh, and he boy. didn't have a lot in there. You know, um, he was concerned about his future. So, yeah, if the four hundred one k was a big experiment, how are we doing? How's that, well, Doctor Phil? You know, how's that working yeah. out for us? How's it working out for you? Yeah. Well, and it's so true because, you know, we've seen, especially before even a pandemic, I mean, we've seen the last eight, nine years, how very few companies do any match within a 401k. So yes, you may be able to do it and may be able to do it tax-free. So, you know, I think that, you know, that is one por portion of a strategy, but, you know, when I was first, you know, putting into my 401k back in the early nineties, um, you know, my com company would match like up to 6%. And mm -hmm. that, you know, that was a, a good smart move because you're right, then it's free money. And so mm -hmm. every time you could maximize it, you made a great financial move for yourself. Right. But as we've seen that go backwards and backwards, you know, I, I don't, I'm going to be, I, I am at the taping or the, uh, at the airing of this episode, I will be 52 years old. I have to think about it. And I don't believe I will see social security. I haven't thought mm -hmm. I'd see social security probably my whole adult life because I just, I just knew I could not count on that for my future. Right. And I think there's a lot of pieces like that in this kind of traditional um, investing mindset that say, yeah, but I'll have that. And yeah, but I'll have that. Right. I mean, how many places have, have, um, have, uh, um, what do you call it? Or... Pensions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, yep. har- hardly anybody anymore. Right. So right. we have to do it ourselves. And, and if we don't try something unique, we do know that the, mo- the market will always be volatile and there's right. always going to be a big down. Big time. Well, you're, you're right. There's a book out there called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. That's the name of the book. <laughs> the title is wow. the best part. David Graeber wrote the book. It's a great book. But um, while it's about debt, what I think it's really about is banking. Uh, and uh, to, to return to that theme, I think there's some interesting parallels to what you were just saying. Uh, I mean, you're right, Michael. There's nothing secure about Social Security. Uh, one of those mm-hmm. wonderful misnomers. Uh, and uh, pensions are very rare today. And you're right. Uh, mm-hmm. When you move from a pension-based system where it's the risk is on the employer to a 401k based system where the risk is on you and me, where we have to become, you know, sophisticated investors, professional investors, along with being mom and dad, along with being an employee, all of a sudden, you know, the risk is on our shoulders again. And you're right. It's sort of like, well, who's, who's looking out for you at the end of the day. So banks have always had the, the biggest building in town and they've always been one of the biggest companies, businesses in nation, national economies. Uh, mm-hmm. You go back thousands of years. So again, I don't think banks are the problem. I just think banking is a function that's being taken from the individual. And what if you could be sitting behind the banker's desk and how might that impact your capacity to buy the car or mm-hmm. the house or mm-hmm. the kid's college? If you could funnel all of those major purchases, because Michael, you know, we got to make these purchases in life. It's not yep. like we can just avoid sending them, you know, buying the house or kids college or, or cars or whatnot. It's life, just life costs money. Millions mm. of dollars will go through our hands. So if we can recapture some of that, you know, the average American is going to spend several hundred thousand of dollars on cars alone over their lifetime. What if you could just funnel that through your own banking system? And there are tools and resources we use through our firm that help clients do exactly that. Uh, where it's not just a concept, but it's a tool and it's a strategy and it's an approach uh, where folks are literally doing exactly that, becoming their own source of financing, not an FDIC insured bank, of course, but using the, the function of banking where you can you know, recapture that power of the banking function and sit behind the, the banker's desk. So yeah. I'm not worried about social security, whether it's here or gone. I, I don't suppose you are either because you probably set up for some, for yourself, you've banked on yourself to build yeah. something that, that doesn't rely on outside forces. You're taking back control, which is, I think, what uh, inspires so many people to learn from you. Oh, thank you very much. I love that. And I just was thinking too, as you were talking about FDA, FDIC insured banking, if you really wanted to take the safe approach of that and you had a million dollars, you're going to have to find like not what, eight banks to be able to yeah. put it in there to, yeah, right, to be right. safe with that. Well, yeah. And, and I, oh man, I, I hesitate to even say this because I don't like causing nightmares, but I got to say it uh, as of 2020. Well, okay. 2019, take a, take just a random guess. You might know the answer to this. I bet you do. But uh, if you put in a thousand dollars into your regular bank account down the street mm-hmm. of that thousand dollars, how much will the bank have to keep on their books? What percentage of your 1000 bucks would you suppose? Oh, I have no idea. Did, would you be surprised to learn that in 2019, it was only 10% of your deposit has to stay on their books? Wow. And the other 90% is loaned out to the guy behind you in line. Ah. And in 2020, that fractional reserve is now 0%. Oh, my God. As of 2020. So as of now, 
If you give them $1,000, they might write it down with your name and you log in and see an account number that says 1,000 on your bank account online, but the money is gone. You know, it's wow. out the door and banks are making a killing on that spread because, you know, they're, they're charging this guy 10% behind you in line and paying you 0% for your savings yes. and it's none of their money. So it's an incredible boon to banks to have nothing on reserve. The vault is yeah. empty at FDIC insured banks. Um, <laughs> So <laughs> hate to say that, but again, there are alternatives where you keep your money matters. It matters. It, it is does. the rocket fuel for that rocket on the launch pad. And if all your money is tied up in your house and your 401k, then it's going to be really hard to convert that into the rocket fuel you need to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And before we take a quick break, I'll just say that my husband and I are looking for our next place to live in Florida. And my husband, you know, I'm, I'm like having so much fun and he's like, look, I am not going to be house rich and yeah. cash poor. There you go. I want to go travel the world. I'm like, I do too, but I also want the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, invite us all over. We'd, we'd, I'd love to have a party. That sounds like fun. <laughs> exactly. And then we will take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. <laughs> and we are back with Mark Willis. Um, terrifying and yet important information for us to hear. Um, so I'm assuming, you know, as we've been talking about this, about Become Your Own Banker, which I know your book is uh, Bank on Yourself, um, that, uh, that you have some, probably some tips for us that we can make use of that will help us at least gain some control and maybe put ourselves in that banker's seat. So, you know, what are a couple top tips that we can each take away from this to uh, say, okay, at least we know what might frighten us, but we know we can do a couple things. That's right. Yeah. Thank goodness. It's not all doom and gloom. We have uh, a number of ways we can lift off and uh, really build uh, actualization into your potential uh, because that, that is the ultimate outcome. The best life lived is the one where you, at the end of it, say, I was, I've, I've been spent. I've used mm -hmm. up every last nook and yes. cranny of my potential. That's such a good feeling. After a great workout, that feeling of, ah, oh, man, what a great, I spent it all. I laid it all on the altar. I, yeah. I actualized my potential. And so what we try to do with every dollar that we work with, with our clients, is we try to grow the dollar, protect the dollar, keep it tax-free if possible, give our clients full access to the dollar, get it back to them in retirement with gains and buddies, little, little friend, dollar friends, and then leave it to their causes or their family that they care about the most, all without the use of unnecessary risk. And that unnecessary risk might be Wall Street. It might mm -hmm. be the government. It might be unnecessary um, you know, uh, mistakes in terms of just you know, uh, purchases that they might not need, et cetera. Uh, so we can bring this down the ladder some. We've been talking kind of at a conceptual level, Michael, but there are practical time-tested financial strategies that have been used by business owners and the affluent for hundreds of years in this country and beyond. One of which really shocked me 
I'm going to keep using that word today. I'm sorry it. about that. Don't. I love <laughs> but, it. You're, like, you're doing great PR. Keep it yeah, going. Yeah. Well, again, my, my belief system was it was the main line, straightforward, buy term insurance, invest the rest in the stock market, go get a house, put all your money in there, lock up all your money for 45 years, whatever, and then hope and pray. That was kind of the, the outcome until we stumbled across something called bank on yourself. Now, bank on yourself was a financial instrument. It's a modernized form of whole life insurance of all things. Ah. And to me, it was like the last place I'd want to go looking for a place to set aside cash because mm -hmm. one, my financial guru on the radio told me not to, and mm -hmm. I never want to question, you know, what you hear on the radio, because it must be true if it's on the radio. <laughs> especially on my podcast. Oh, yes, especially, except for Michael's <laughs> podcast. Exactly. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I did a little more due diligence, a little more looking after being fairly skeptical. It was a good mentor and friend of mine, a professor from our college that came to visit us, saw the weight of the student loans on my shoulders and said, Mark, there's a better way to pay off this debt. So what was the problem? We were paying off our debts. We were doing the snowball method and paying off our debts the old fashioned way, just throwing cash at the problem. Mm -hmm. And we were making a dent in it, but we kind of woke up in that conversation with our, our professor and he, 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 I guess, made us aware that every dollar I spend in cash is money I'll never see again. And all the money that that $1 might have grown to over my lifetime, it's gone. You know, mm -hmm. so if, if I spend $3 on a cup of coffee today, technically that's more like $12 over one's lifetime, 15, whatever mm -hmm. your age is, you know? So, yes. so the power of the concept that we finance everything we buy hit me like a ton of bricks. When I realized that either I'm paying interest to a finance operation like Sally Mae or, you know, ABC finance, or I'm passing up interest I could have earned on the money had I left it invested instead. Paying mm -hmm. cash was not the answer. So to me, stumbling across the bank on yourself concept made a lot of sense. And maybe in two minutes, I'll try to quickly run down what this tool is and how it helps me and, and my clients uh, and see how this fits in with your audience as well. Mm -hmm. So whole life insurance, it's a hundreds of years old at this point. Uh, it builds and grows a cash value, not just a death benefit for your family someday. Mm -hmm. But I always say it's a lot more fun to spend money while I'm alive. So absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So it grows a liquid. So there's the first piece, meaning it's accessible cash value that I can spend and use for any reason. So it's accessible for my business. It's accessible for my family. I can fix up my kitchen or I can do a fix and flip rehab. I can send my kid to Disney World or to college. There's no restrictions on what I spend the money on with that cash value. Second, it builds and grows on a predictable and even guaranteed schedule. Now it's not my guarantee, it's the insurance company guaranteeing that you will have more money this year than you had last year. Mm. And on top of that, 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 that gain is locked in for the rest of your life. So once they give you that increase of cash, they cannot take it away. Like if, you know, if Tesla goes up this year and drops next year, well, we kind of lost our Tesla our values went down, right? But with whole life right. insurance, it never goes down due to market corrections. It only goes up. Mm -hmm. So that's the second piece. Third, it is life insurance. So I can certainly leave my family a legacy beyond what I could save for them. And I don't, I don't want to minimize that. But then mm -hmm. the, the fourth piece, and this is what really goes crazy for me, 
is when you have this cash value life insurance, if it's designed the correct way, because there's a lot of poorly designed policies out there, but if it's designed the bank on yourself way, then when I have that cash value, I can use it as collateral and get a loan from the life insurance company. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to borrow against that policy and spend cash as I need to for my business and whatnot. And yet, Michael, the policy will continue to build and grow as if I had not touched that money. That's what I, as you were talking, I thought, I get where this is going now. That makes a whole lot of sense. Interesting. Also, when you were talking, I I probably rolled my eyes because you said um, you were talking about the things that, you know, you do predictably that you did that you thought you had to do, you know, and, you know, you go to college, you get the college loans, you buy term life insurance. And when you said that, I went, oh, and you buy the house because I remember the day that I realized that the term life insurance that I bought when I was 25 years old or 20, I think 27, I think. And I was going through a divorce and I remember thinking, this is the best thing I can do for my son right now. Cause it only cost me, uh, mm-hmm. at that time it was like $11 a year. I think at the end it was $25 or not a year, a month, you know, and you're thinking, oh, that's just such a little amount to give that much security. And then when I reached the point where the term was over, and, you know, it was all done. And first I was like, oh, then I get $25 more a month. And I remember all of a sudden I went, why didn't I ever even ask about a whole life mm-hmm. policy mm-hmm. where every bit of that money would have still been there when it was yeah. over instead of I just gave them lots of money for the potential that my son might inherit a quarter of a million dollars if I kick the bucket in those 20 years. And that it's, moment was like, oh, I felt like such a dummy. Well, Mike, Michael, let me put your, you know, I, I wouldn't worry about that. I, I personally, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that, that you've got that awareness. I certainly didn't. So that's awesome <laughs> to get confession. your life insurance made... set up. Well, you did the right thing. Honestly, you did. I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying term insurance, just like there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with renting an apartment for a while. Right. You know, it's, there's a seasonal life where you need to do it. I've certainly had term insurance. We offer it to our clients. It's smart to mm-hmm. have along with all the other pieces of the financial puzzle, your investments, mm-hmm. your real estate, your whole life insurance, yeah. it all fits, right? It's all part of the puzzle, but it is, it's like renting an apartment. You don't own yeah. anything when you have term insurance. It's just throwing money with hopes. I don't know if hope is the right word, yeah. that you die in the term. And that's kind of yeah. like renting the apartment and, and never having any equity. And of course, if you had tried to renew your term insurance, the, the rent would have gone way up, of course, as oh, yeah. we age, we all do. So so you're right. It, there's a place for it. But yeah. part of this is, yeah, going from renter to owner. Yes. And when you have whole life yeah. insurance, it's like owning a home. You have equity. You, you can access the equity in this whole life policy. The mm-hmm. rent does not go up. It's a guaranteed premium. So you're packing in. It's sort of like overpaying on your mortgage. You know, If you're plowing tons of cash into this policy, it's sort of like building up tons of equity in your mm-hmm. home. And in that you've got all this liquid equity you can spend and use for any reason. But unlike home equity, I'm not beholden to a banker to get my cash out of my policy. I don't have to ask anybody. I, you know, right. I, I go online, click, click, click. And within about a week, the cash is in my bank account to be spent, you know, going on that vacation or getting that pool in my backyard or, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever else I might want to do with it. In fact, we just helped a, a family yesterday. Um, they're, they're getting a pretty massive home upgrade, their pool is going to be in the three, uh, six figures 
low six figures. Uh, and they're wow. using their policy to buy that pool. Now, why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just pay cash for it or finance it? Well, for them, they wanted the growth on the cash value of a hundred grand to go buy that pool. To them, yeah. that's better than paying cash, certainly better than using a mortgage or whatnot or a HELOC because now they're in control and they don't lose the growth of that cash for future retirement or other investments. Right. Absolutely. It makes a whole lot of sense. And you're right. You know, I, I think that what I really am frustrated with myself with the term life was that, you know, that was important then. And I knew it was, but you know, five years after I, I initially bought in, I, that's when I wish somebody would have said, oh, well, so you're still doing term, but you're doing so much better. Look at you, you know, your finances are in great shape. You're making great money. How about convert that? And I think that those are the things that we don't have enough discussions about, mm, um, right. you know, to prep ourselves or frankly, you know, the next generation, because we're also worried about taking care of our own stuff that, and sometimes I don't know how the right discussions to have with my 30 year old son, because I don't want to be the nagging mother, but yeah. those are really great things that, you know, we can take from, from this conversation, especially, mm -hmm. and think about how to make your money work better for you um, with a different approach rather than everybody does it this way because it's Absolutely. always been this way. Well, and as, as it relates to the theme of shock your potential, one of the things I just love about what my money is doing in the right environment is that money is, is, is really, it's unlimited, it's untapped potential. If it's just sitting in my savings account, um, then, then I've got a finite amount of potential. I've got 10 grand or hundred grand or whatever's in my savings account. And once it's spent, it's gone. Mm -hmm. But if it's in one of these policies, it's infinite potential. And here's why. Every time I borrow against the cash, it still grows like I never touched the money. Right. So that's uninterrupted compound growth, as opposed to always you know, breaking compound growth by spending cash on this car or that real estate deal. So it's uninterrupted compound growth. Charlie Munger, you know, the buddy of Warren Buffett, he, he's famous for saying, you never want to break compound growth unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the trouble is anywhere else, most anywhere else I can find in the financial universe consistently forces us to break compound growth to, to buy the stuff we need. We all got to buy stuff. So is this perfect? No. Is, should everybody do this specific strategy? Not at all. Mm -hmm. You know, there's insurance costs. You have to really consider the long-term growth of these whole life policies. It's not, not get rich overnight. You know, mm -hmm. um, it is a, it's a long-term financial vehicle. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, there's lots more we could talk about there, Michael, but you know, the key is just coming back to first principles. What do I want my money doing for me? What allows me to reach my potential to be the best person I can be for my children, for my business, for my future. So that's, that's what we really try to aim for, whether it's this one strategy or any of the other couple of dozen that we offer our clients. It's just a, it's, it's a mindset. It's a philosophy of saying, all right, I choose to take back control of my financial future. I'm not going to outsource it to banks or to wall street uh, or social security or whatever else I'm going to bank on myself and know for certain what my outcome is going to be before we even get started. I love it. Mark, this is fascinating. Thank you so much. I mean, I learned a lot. I took a whole lot of notes. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> and I, and I know what we're going to call the episode. So right. um, I know we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to find you right now, because they want to know more about how to work with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? No, if you go to LG, that's Lake Growth. So lg.subscribemenow.com, lg.subscribemenow.com. 
one little site can get you to everything. We've got an online community of people doing this strategy, uh, our weekly podcast, our YouTube channel. It's all there at lg.subscribemenow.com. Excellent. And before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Oh, uh, just keep listening. Everybody stop what you're doing right now and go leave Michael a five-star review because she she probably says it, but she, you need to hear it from her guests too. She does a great job on her show. Stop what you're doing. Go get that five-star review out there. She gives you this awesome content every week. Don't forget, leave her that five-star review. Oh, thank you. Now, I love that. You can be on, on my podcast anytime you want, Mark. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> thank you so much for being our guest today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.